0: Hey, everybody. Just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out. Hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On this episode of the Hustle of the Day podcast, I have Jake Kelfer on the show. Jake overcame many challenges like we all do, but now he is making history and helping others out in the process to do the same thing. Super excited to have him on. you got to listen to this one. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Jake Kelfer here today. And you know what? This is where I usually say, hey, Jake, jump in and tell me a little bit about yourself. But I'm going to flip the script on you today specifically because I need to throw out a congratulations. So you, st- first and foremost, you started the Pro Basketball Combine. And last night you made history. Desmond Bain got drafted in the first round, first uh, Pro Basketball Combine player to do that. So First and foremost, congratulations on that. Your hard work's paying off. That's awesome. And now that I got that out of the way, you jump in. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hey, first of all, man, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. It, it was a great moment for us, um, for all of us in the team, and, and for Desmond to see, to see that happen. But uh, really, really awesome. So I appreciate you bringing that up. A, a little bit about me, I'm going to give the backstory of like what, how we got to this point, right? I grew up, and the three things that mattered to me were family, academics, and athletics. Those, those are the only three things that, that drove me, and I had an internal desire for, for learning. I, I love to learn, but more importantly than just the learning, I had a desire to be great. Okay, and, and greatness wasn't defined then, but the desire was to be the best at everything possibly that I could be. And I kept getting good grades in school. I kept uh, building great relationships. I kept playing sports. And by the time I got to high school, I had to make a decision. It was do I try to play division two or division three basketball or do I try to leverage my academics and go to USC, which was my dream school. And, you know, I was, like I said, I I was a smart kid and I realized, okay, let's, let's, let's weigh the odds out here. Is it smarter to go to USC and get that degree from USC or should I go play division two, division three ball and have some more fun, but I wouldn't have the same network degree or experience from college. Went to USC and said, since I can't play basketball anymore, I'm going to represent basketball players and I'm going to be an agent. As I get ready to graduate from USC, I wanted to be an agent, but the agency that was about to hire me, they went on a hiring freeze, couldn't bring me on. And as luck would have it, I end up getting an offer to work for the Los Angeles Lakers. So I start my career, I start my professional career playing for the team that I thought I was going to play for, but now I'm working for the team as an employer of the organization and it happened to be Kobe's final year. While I'm with the team, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm learning a ton. I'm having great life-changing experiences, building all these relationships. But I, I say in my head, there's something bigger. There's something more out there. I don't want to be working for someone else. I don't want to have the traditional hours. I want the freedom. I want to do my own thing. I want to create my own hustle, right? And so I started writing my first book. And when I finished with the Lakers, uh, Kobe retires. I retired, launched my first book. And the rest has been history since then. Um, which has included speaking all over the country, um, working with over 70 NBA athletes through the Pro Basketball Combine, coaching entrepreneurs and new new entrepreneurs to really build the business they've always wanted to. And that's a little bit more uh, of the journey of where we started and how we ended up here with Desmond Bain being drafted uh, as of last night at the time of the recording.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Uh, great story. And, you know, you talked a lot about uh, – uh, or I guess you touched on a lot of perseverance in that. So even though things kept changing for you, you didn't get exactly what you were looking for. You kept going, you kept chasing the dream just from a different angle, which is great. And now you're involved in NBA life, even though you weren't, you aren't playing in the NBA. Um, you're still involved in that, but you're doing it on your own terms, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. And, and, and dude, that's right. I, I think, I think life is supposed to be enjoyed in that sense, right? I think that we are all gifted an opportunity to create whatever it is that we want. For some of us, that's in a nine to five job and it's the greatest thing ever. For some of us though, that's doing it on our own and figuring out what the heck we're going to create, how the heck we're going to provide value and how the heck we're going to get paid to do all of those things. And for me, I just realized, you know, pretty quickly um, and this partially because my, both my parents are entrepreneurial in their own way, is that I wanted to do something that, that could change the world and had no ceiling. And entrepreneurship is a no ceiling game, but it's also a game that is not easy. It's hard. It's challenging. There are a lot of ups and downs. And we could talk about some of those things that I've gone through because I've gone through the full waves. I've had the highest of highs. I've had the lowest of lows. But what I've c- fully come to realize is that that's just part of the game. And we got to play the game to win the game. And so that's what I always try to tell people and try to think about is I'm in the game. I may I may go down by 10 at half, but you better believe I'm staging that fourth quarter comeback. Right? And and then the game goes on and on and on. And when I look back at the end of my life, it'll be, I have I competed for a championship? Have I competed for a championship by playing the game every single day? And I guarantee you, I'm going to look back and say, I'm a champion. I won that mother game. You know what I'm saying? So so that's that's what it's a little bit what it's about for, for me and, and as we grow and, and for people that are just trying to figure it all out.
0: Yeah. And you've got uh, you know you you relay it to the game aspect just because you know you're you've got a sports background, but you've you were able to watch one of the greatest to in in terms of work ethic really um, of Kobe Bryant. You were able to be there for his last season um, in the NBA. And you talked a little bit, uh, on another show about that last game, which was a, was a great game. Uh, you know, kind of sentimental to me too, being from, you know, I'm here in Salt Lake city. So, you know, big jazz fan and, you know, his last game against the jazz, you know, put on a show. Um, but it's just incredible. How does that did you have that work ethic before? I mean, obviously you had some pretty strong work ethic, but being around Kobe, did that increase your work ethic and make you have that desire to be more of a champion?
1: So I think being, I think, you know, while I worked for the team for one season, I was around Kobe my entire life. I mean, I grew up in in a family. We had a room in our house called the Lakers room. I mean, there was a life-size cardboard cutout of Kobe Bryant in my in my, like room. So like everything I did was around watching him perform at the highest level. The mama mentality was a staple. You know, we always thought like, do we have the, the 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 eye of the tiger, the heart of a champion, right? Like, do we have all these things? And it was all based on Kobe. But one of the things that I, that I really have taken away as I've gotten older, and I kind of think back to that experience of of watching him do what he did in his final season, is that no matter how good we are or how great we become in whatever it is that we do or how fresh or how new we are in something, it always comes back to the basics. It always comes back to the fundamentals. And that's the thing that separates Kobe. In year 20, Kobe could not do the same things he did in year 10 when he was winning, you know, back-to-back-to-back championships. But what he could do was make sure that the fundamentals were beautifully sound and make sure that he always showed up to give people what they wanted. And that's something that, that, that I really think about in my life is that there may be times that I don't want to show up or maybe times that, that I may be you know struggling with something, but if there are people on the other side that are counting on me, I'm going to show up 110%. And the way I'm going to get there is by making sure I execute on the fundamentals. I check the boxes because that at the core is what delivers greatness repeatedly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about taking those consistent actions. And you know what, like you said, the fundamentals, being the fundamentals of networking, that's something that you really preach and talk about is the power of networking. And you talk about, you know, intentional networking. Um, there's actually a line in your book that I thought was really cool. Uh, it's, you mentioned authenticity. So authenticity, I've got the quote here. It says, authenticity means speaking from the heart. It means telling the truth and maintaining your integrity. So first of all, I love the integrity aspect, but also how does that authenticity play into the networking aspect?
1: Oh, great question. That's, that's a great quote to pull from because one of the things that I think we, we see in our society today is we want the quick win. We want the big following. We want the million dollar launch. We want the, I'm going to start my business and get the six figures tomorrow, right? We have all these things that society and marketers put into our pressure. And at some times, what we do is we sacrifice our integrity to achieve something and do the quick win, okay? But like I said, this is a game that we're playing and it's a long game. And we need to make sure that our integrity stays in tune with ourselves as we go Because that's how we're going to connect with people, which then leads us to authenticity, right? In order for us to be authentic, it's not just about showing up the way you think people want you to see, or not just showing up the way you are some of the time, it's completely owning who you are and completely owning your communication style in this pursuit of greatness. Because one of the things that I've learned, and this has been a life-changing learning experience for me, is that I wanted to please everybody. I wanted to connect with everybody. I wanted to do things so that other people would like me. Because I thought the more people that liked me, in theory, the more money I could make or the more lives I could impact. But in reality, it's not about the amount of people that like you. It's about getting the right people to love you. And that's where authenticity comes into play. Because when we're truly authentic, we attract what we are. And when we attract what we are, we form a tight-knit community. We form bonds. Think about this. Are the people that you're closest to in your life, the people that you're most authentic around, meaning your your truest self in your truest and highest form, or are they people that you're trying to impress because you want something from them or they want something from you? It's the people that you can be truly yourself around that make you and bring you the most joy in your life. Well, if we're trying to build something or we're trying to increase our happiness, then why would we do anything other than be our truest self in our most authentic and and, and raw form? Do you see how it all comes full circle in that from that standpoint?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can totally see how that that all plays into each other. And you know what? It's it's tough to see those people who you think are getting the quick wins. You don't see the work behind it, and you think, hey these people blew up overnight, but really they were being authentic the whole time. It's just their audience caught on to who they were. How do you, I know you help people in your coaching to use the power of networking to scale their businesses. How do you teach them that long-term aspect of, Hey, avoid those quick wins and, you know, try and see that long game.
1: There's so many ways, but, but, but at the core of our life is connection, right? Like, can you get married without a connection? No, you can't get married without a connection because there's no other person involved then, right? Can you get and scale a business without connection? No, because if you didn't have connection, you would have no customers, right? Everything we do, the most foundational and fundamental element is our connection with other people and our connection with ourselves. Okay. And so when we think about growing our businesses, it first stems from us understanding that the root of everything is our ability to connect with ourselves, with our prospects, with the people that we want to learn from, with our mentors, with our coaches, with our colleagues, with our current customers, as we start to have them and through them, through asking questions, through taking care of them, through, um, providing them with the transformation they're desiring, you can create and build anything you want. And to couple that, We see this a lot of times like, wow, this seems like a lot of work. Building a business seems like a lot of work. Like, how can I, how am I going to keep going even when I'm not seeing the progress? Or it seems so daunting to just start and like try to create all this all at once. Well, guess what? Business isn't easy. Business is simple. Okay. And simple makes the process fun in the pursuit of greatness, When you make it easy or try to make it easy, that's when you lose your integrity. That's when you lose your authenticity Mm -hmm. because you tried to take the easy way out. Well, the biggest cliche in the world is if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. There's a reason why not everybody is a millionaire or a six-figure business owner or a consistent 5K-month business owner. There's a reason for these things. And the reason for it is because business is not easy, but it can be very simple when you follow the roadmap and connection is the ultimate roadmap to guide you wherever you need to go.
0: Wow. That was, that was powerful. Honestly, they, you know, business isn't easy. It's simple. Yeah. Like there's, there's so many takeaways I could take from just that, that little uh, section right there. So thank you, first of all, for throwing that out there. Um, but, you know, going back to the networking aspect of things, you talk about being intentional with your networking. So you're not just, you know, shotgun approach, network with everybody. Let's say somebody is starting out and they have no network. How can they be intentional when they don't necessarily know who they're going after? Like, how do you find out? Do you go straight after those people who you think are, you know, out of your reach that are the people you want to connect with or how how does that process go
1: so being intentional and and i love the way you frame it we when we're first starting it's not we need to get information right we need to get information so that we can have more direction more clarity how do we get information it's based off the questions the quality of the questions we're able to ask then it becomes well who are the types of people that we need to be intentional with and so there are a couple different types of people that we want to reach out with in the beginning But there's going to be one common element across all of this. If you never ask, if you never reach out, you know what's going to happen? The answer is always going to be no, or you will never move forward, right? And so the most important thing is that we take action and that we know rejection is inevitable. A lot of times, the reason why we don't start or why we aren't as intentional as we can be is because we're scared that if we do, we are going to open ourselves up we're going to express our vulnerability and we're going to be exposed to the potential of being rejected. And when we're first starting our business, we see this as a rejection of ourselves, not as a rejection of maybe our idea or what it is that we're trying to do or our offer or our services. And that's one of the, the the biggest things that we want to avoid in our life is that feeling that we aren't good enough for somebody else. And so the most, the thing that we need to do is we need to one understand that it's going to be part of the process to be rejected. There will be people that don't respond to you. There will be people that never get back to you. But I always say this, there are almost 8 billion other people in the world. I promise you, there's plenty that will get back to you if you keep doing it and you do it intentionally, right? So now let's rewind a little bit and focus on who do we we talk to? Well, there are key buckets of people that we need information from. Whenever you're starting something new, we need to get information from the people that could potentially be our customers, right? Who are the people that we can help and provide a transformation? So we need to ask them and we need to reach out to them and we need to go find them and we need to learn from them. What are their struggles? What are their challenges? What do they really want? That's the product, the offering, the business that we're really going to be able to create to have our first group of people. On the flip side, just as much as we want to get customers to learn what they need, We want to connect with people who have already done it so that we can get there faster. And these are what we call one, two steppers, people who are one to two steps or more above where you're at. And these one, two steppers, the idea is that you connect with them and you ask them questions. You get advice from them because eventually you're going to want to get in front of on all likelihood, their audiences or their people, because they are probably the ones with all of your customers that have congregated into that small segment of their Instagram or social media profiles. So with all of that, now that we have that, the deepness comes from being intentional of finding the right people to start asking these questions to rather than just hoping everybody can answer the questions or hoping that you get the right answers from the wrong people. I'm going to explain that one time here and then this will, this will make perfect sense. A lot of times, the first people that we go to are our friends and families. Why? Because it's comforting. Why? Because we know that they'll answer our stuff. They will not reject what we have to say. They will at least answer us, whether they agree with us or not, but they'll at least be there and give us an answer, right? And we put a lot of the weight, we put an equal weight on their answers as if someone who's actually in our target market. Well, that's wrong. That's not being intentional. That's, that's trying to take the easy way of business. Simple simple way would state, let me find someone who's struggling with what I know I can help them with and ask them questions. That's going to be intentional because you are doing something that will help somebody and you are getting the information that you need to create the life and the business and the impact that you want to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And you, you talk about, um, you know, getting a little bit uncomfortable, you know, I'm I'm guilty of this too, you know, I'll go to family and friends too with a business idea and get that uh, reassurance from them, even though they're not necessarily the target market. And you know what, we're all guilty of that. But uh, one thing that you've done is you kind of immersed yourself in the uncomfortable aspect, uh, which, you know, I definitely is something that's recent for me. It's not something that I've done my whole life, but I now seek out some of that uncomfort, uh, just to help myself grow, but you you really took this to a whole nother level. You did uh, like, what was it? Your, your 12 month journey um, where every month you tried something new that was out of your comfort zone. I mean, from one month you went from Krav Maga to hip hop dancing. Like, I mean, tell me a little bit about that journey and how that's helped you in your ability to network.
1: Yeah. I, pre- I appreciate you sharing that. and, and- the truth of the matter is like getting outside your comfort zone is always hard. It's always hard and it's scary. And, and and even even though I'm like very comfortable with being uncomfortable, it's still nerve-wracking every time I do something that's like out of the zone, right? And a few years ago, that what you're talking about, my trolling journey, is like I was like, I'm going to do something that's going to test everything that I've ever done. And so I came up with an idea to do one different activity every month um that would challenge me that scared me or was something that I always wanted to do but I claimed I never had time to do it right because that's what we always say. Oh I would do it if I had more time. Well guess what? We have time for the things that we make time for, right? And so I did Krav Maga, which is Israeli self-defense. I did hip hop dancing. I did a Euro trip for my first time uh ever going to Europe. I did 30 30 days of insanity the workout I did 30 minute 30 days of learning Chinese. I did 30 days of cooking and There were a lot of these things that I sucked at. (laughs) Like I was terrible at these things. You know, I think back to like the Krav Maga is like the timing that it worked out. My morning class of Krav Maga that I took was with a bunch of moms who had just dropped their kids off to school. And here I am, a 23-year-old just fit guy in a Krav Maga training class with these moms who are just dialing in on their moves, just kicking ass. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like this is unbelievable. And I was uncomfortable there. You know, as as a guy who competes at the highest level, works with NBA players, I was so uncomfortable. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's what made it so great. And, you know, when we do things that challenge us, it's still hard, but it becomes easier. And we realize really what becomes easier is that the worst result is really not that bad. Getting your butt kicked or dancing and still being a terrible hip hop dancer, like that's the worst that happens from that. But in our minds, we make it, oh my gosh, what terrible. And everyone laughs and makes fun of me. Again, it goes back to that feeling, right? It goes back to that feeling inside of ours. Like, I don't want to like embarrass myself because then other people think like, I'm not as cool as I I, want to be. But once you realize that and face that, nothing else can come in your way. And so you're becoming a little bit more willing to get out of that comfort zone step by step by step.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know what, it's, It's interesting that, you know, you get to the point where you're working for the team that you dreamed of for, for all this time. And then you decide you want, I'm going to, I'm going to be more uncomfortable and go out and start my own thing. Like to most people, that's crazy, but you are obviously, you know, Geared towards creating that impact for people and you know, I've definitely seen that in the short time that I've known you if um, You know, I see this impact that you're creating on people, which is great, but how? How did you come to that decision of hey, I finally made it to the Lakers? I'm I still this isn't fulfilling for me. I'm gonna now go out on my own like how did you come to that decision?
1: There was a moment uh, during the Lakers that, that really was the catalyst for this decision. Now I knew that the Lakers wasn't the long-term plan. It was really another stepping stone for what would be the future. Because I wanted to be a sports agent. And the Lakers were just another great avenue to to get to get me closer there. But I'm working with the Lakers I'm working with the Lakers and one of my responsibilities was to pick all the contestants. So I'd pick the contestant and then take them out do the half court shot, do the three point shootout, all those really cool things. And as a basketball guy, like that was so fun to get them on the court, give them like this unbelievable experience that they'll remember forever. And one day I'm, I'm in an elevator and I'm in that elevator and the doors are about to close. And right before the doors close, okay. It, it, the right before the doors close, Jerry West walks in the walks in the elevator. Now, If anyone's listening here and doesn't know who Jerry West is, Jerry West is the guy that made the NBA logo after. He's a living legend. Now, Jerry comes in the elevator, and the person working the elevator asks Jerry what floor he wants to go to. Jerry, of course, says, I want to go to the event level. I got courtside seats, right? Of course. Now, the person working the elevator has no idea who Jerry West is. So, he asks Jerry. He says, well, do you have a credential? Otherwise, I'm going to have to escort this gentleman pointing at me down. I'm going to have to ask you to step off. And I was like, no way is this about to happen, Right. And Jerry doesn't have a credential. The person asked Jerry to step off the elevator. And in that moment, I just blurt out. I go, wait, wait, wait. He's with me. He's my guest. I got it. I got it. I'll escort him down. The next 14 seconds, Trent, unbelievable elevator ride. We come out of that elevator ride. And this was the defining moment. I'm in my mind wondering, is he going to be pissed that that person didn't know who he was? Is he going to be pissed that I had to stand up for him? What type of energy is he going to have right now? Right before we go our separate ways, he sticks out his hand, shakes my hand, and he says, thank you. I appreciate what you just did for me. And it was in that moment that I realized how powerful every single one of us are. And I realized that doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter what our title is. It doesn't matter what our status is. The only thing that truly matters is how we make somebody else feel in that moment. And ever since that moment, I said I wanted to give people this feeling of elevation, This feeling that when I'm done experiencing and interacting with them, we will both be elevated because of that encounter. Whether that's a smile, a high five, whether it's picking a contestant and giving them the greatest experience they'll ever have and remember. And that was the catalyst that said, I need to do something that's going to impact more people at a higher level. Because not only does it feel amazing to give to other people, but feels amazing to be on the receiving end when someone genuinely, authentically, cares about you and your success. And that was the catalyst for me realizing I needed to go somewhere where there was no ceiling and that I could, I could create whatever came to my mind to, to change, to change the world in that standpoint.
0: Wow. Yeah. When I, when I heard that story the first time, my mind was blown like that. You're sitting there standing up, vouching for Jerry West at a Lakers game. Like that's just incredible to, to think of, but Um, I hope you do take Tony's challenge seriously. He did say you need to, uh, reach out to him or next time you run across him, see if he remembers that story. (laughs) Um, but one thing you, you preach also is in the value of networking. And, you know, one thing that, um, you did, you provide that value for Jerry West, you talk about cold outreaches, you know, we all, we all have to, do that cold outreach every once in a while and, you know, get, uh, to try and get on somebody's radar or, you know, to try and create that networking opportunity. And one thing that you brought up in your book that just really hit me because honestly, like I do all the time and I realized how wrong I am in doing it now. Uh, I, you always end end with the line of, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Tell me why I'm wrong in doing that and, you know, the right approach for that.
1: So it's, it's based off great intention, right? When we say, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. We are really trying to say, look, I'm willing to help out. I want to help out. But what we forget to recognize is that to that other person, you have now just assigned them a task. And when we reach out to these people, typically the people that we say this to, right? we're talking about people that we want to get in touch with, people that we want to learn from mentors, coaches, people that are ahead of us and where we're at. We're like, hey, let me know if there's anything I could do for you. You're already helping me by answering my question or you know, just let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And while it's based in great intention, it's actually requiring now that other person to have a task to figure out what you can do to help them out. And in reality, what needs to happen is when we say, instead of let me know if there's anything I can do for you is do the thing, find the thing. And this is where being intentional comes into play. If you're really reaching out to someone for a specific reason, and there's intention behind that, you should know how you can figure out a way to help them or provide value from them. And now the next question would be, well, Jake, how can I provide this value for them? Because the reason I'm trying to connect with them is because I want to learn from them. So I can provide more value or I'm just beginning. I don't have anything valuable to offer them right now. Right? Well, there are so many ways that we can give value to people in this context. Okay. A great way is sharing their content. A great way, like people, one of the metrics that that six, seven figure earners and, and, and small business owners look at on like social media is like the shares or the saves or their comments and their engagement. Be someone that gives a comment, be someone that shares their content, be someone that promotes them. Everybody wants more exposure. And if you can provide them with an avenue to have more exposure, boom, buy their product, buy their book and reference it, right? So instead of let me know if there's anything else I can do for you, it's, hey, I just bought your book and I just shared it with someone, super excited to continue to get to know you. Now they're immediately thinking, oh, this person is doing the thing, right? Make an introduction. If you know two people that are, that are great and you want to get access to one and you know the other, connect the two of them with both of their permission. And that's the, double, that's the double opt-in intro, right? There's so many ways to do this, but we need to show the value rather than asking someone of how we can help them. And I know it just was like, oh, well, I'm, let me know if I can help you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so nice and innocent. But in reality, the busier of people that we reach out to, the people that are, that are extraordinarily busy and have a lot of obligations and are super productive, that is an additional five, 10, 15 minutes that they have to now think of ways that you can help them. And so the better way to even respond outside of showing them is just to think them in advance for what it is that you want them to do for you. Okay. So it's, Hey, thanks so much in advance. Even a quick reply would be amazing. Now you're telling them what you want them to do. And so they will want to help you and fulfill your request. And therefore they will start to message you and respond to you. And now what we've done is we've taken it from something that we've always thought is like a really nice way. Let me, let me know if there's anything I could do for you. And now we've turned it into, we're going to actually tell them. We actually tell them and request of them to do something for us. And it's more likely that that will be fulfilled from a genuine place of love and authenticity than from the other way of asking and trying to make them do more work in the process.
0: Yeah, that is, that is incredible. Great, tremendous advice. You know, you talked about, you know, sharing those stories and, um, you know, sharing their content and, you know, buying their products and things like that to get on their radar. And honestly, those tactics are more important now over, especially over like the last several weeks where we've had this uh, election here in the United States where Instagram's limiting hashtags and, you know, you can't find people through that avenue and, I mean, just being able to offer value, connect with people through stories, through DMs, you know, things like that, that has become more valuable over this last little while. And so that's, that's great advice and something that, you know, can translate to any platform. It's not necessarily Instagram specific. It can translate to LinkedIn or Twitter or, you know, Mm -hmm. wherever the case is, wherever you're at. So appreciate you, you know, throwing that advice out there. And, um, you know, that's definitely been something that I've done without necessarily intention where I've made connections with people where it's just like, Oh, I just really respect this person. I, you know, I want to show, share their content and it's created a relationship. And you've talked about in the past where as you're sharing these stories, if they end up connecting with you, via DM, it shows you're already in their network. They're already putting in the work to help them out. So it can be something simple as that to provide them with value, which is, which is awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, the minute, the minute we get their attention is the minute the relationship process begins, right? And that's, that's, that's the most fun. And, and, and I get geeked up about this. Like I want to make networking fun. I think networking should be one of the most fun activities we do because it's the highest return on investment you can ever make. Like, like that is, that is, it is so true. The more, the more we are, the more we are connected with people, the more we will be able to make, not just financially, but impact wise and whatever our mission is. Right. And You know, when you look at social media and on Instagram, the minute you share their story and they repost you or that they accept your story, you are now forever in their inbox as someone that they think they already know or that they are already acquainted with rather than sitting in that request box or rather than sitting in the box that never gets read. Right. And now you've started the process and now you can continue to build and it takes time, but it's fun and you check in, you send some emojis, you, you share something else, you ask a question and it just it just starts to happen. And once you do this enough, it's it's a snowball effect because one leads to two, two to four, four to eight and it is exponential growth that is spectacular to be a part of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know, looking from this side of things, you've got your business established, you've got things rolling for you. Um, you know, from the outside looking in, it looks like everything's just, you know, the wheels are greased, everything's working really well. What would you say, though, is a challenge that you never expected to have happen in starting your own business?
1: Man, there have been so many challenges along the way. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the big challenges of, of being an entrepreneur is, I'll give, I'll give two here, is one is being able to handle the uncertainty okay? Because especially when we're first beginning, everything is uncertain, right? Uh, consistent clients is uncertain. Um, you know, what content to post on social media, is uncertain what's going to work. Every, everything needs to be tested, right? That's one of the toughest challenges that I face early on. And I'll couple that with one of the biggest challenges is, as entrepreneurs, we tend to uh, see the end and we see what can happen. But we put our heads down and down and down and we just grind it out until we hopefully end up there. And so one of the things that brings, that I've seen be able to change the overworked, overwhelmed entrepreneur into the high energy and even more results producing entrepreneur is the ability to enjoy the journey and the pursuit of greatness. And when you can start to appreciate the obstacles that come up, the uncertainty, and you start to see it as just a game, that you are inevitably going to win. If you stay at it, you will win the game if you stay at it. And if you get help along the way, you will win. And when we can enjoy that and just understand that this is all part of this game, uh, part of this process, this person that didn't respond, the deal that you had the contract signed, and then somehow something happened and it fell through all of these things, like in the moment, they seem so terrible, but when we can enjoy and be grateful for what we have, we can start to really enjoy the process which then makes the journey that much more fun which then makes the end results just part of life and that's that to me is so such an enjoyable realization um, because then we can embrace all of the challenges that cause us to be overworked and overwhelmed
0: yeah and if you look at the stories of so many elite level entrepreneurs they all talk about the journey and how fun the journey is and to enjoy that rather than wait till, you know, the delayed gratification aspect, you know, you need to enjoy the journey. And so you're, you're preaching that now. And that's, I think, absolutely the case.
1: Yeah. And, and and here's one of the reasons why it's so hard. We look at the entrepreneurs that are in the headlines that have the big followings that have the big launches. And we say, dang, I want to be like them. And so we think we need to do what they're doing. Well, guess what? When they first started, they didn't have a million followers. They didn't have 20,000 followers. They didn't have a $50,000 month. They didn't have a uh, you know a, a million-dollar run rate. Like They didn't have all that stuff. What they had was just where you're at. They had maybe a core little following that they were trying to build. They had ideas that worked and didn't work. They were trying to figure out what tech to use. They were making a transition from something they'd been doing for 20 years into something new and had to build it from the ground up. Right. We look at where people are and we say, that's where I need to be. And that's great that we set our ambitions high. But we need to also remember that everybody once started exactly where we're at. And everyone has to go through the process from start to whatever the result is that you want. It's just a matter of what you do that will be the difference between making it quicker or taking longer um, and, and requiring you to question more more things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, we're running a little bit short on time, but I want to ask you, um, because it is the hustle the day podcast, what is your definition of the word hustle?
1: Man, I love this question. I love this question. I like you, as we're lit as anyone that's listening, you, you probably listening and be like, this is a hustler. This guy is a straight hustler and, and I am a hustler, Right. But hustle, hustle doesn't mean that I'm working around the clock to make things happen. Hustling for me is really about doing everything in my power to make my dreams come true while also making sure I take care of myself, right? So I am big on watching Netflix to rejuvenate myself because sometimes that's what I need. I am big on if I need an afternoon to, to take off or I wanna go hang out with, with my friends, I'm doing that. The hustle is about being intentional and productive on the things that actually matter and doing those relentlessly while at the same time being able to enjoy and create the life I always wanted, right? And that hustle, nobody will outwork me, no one will hustle me, but my hustle is just going to be a little bit different and that way I'm able to, to create the life I want and put the business around that rather than creating my life around the business. And that enables me to, to live a life of freedom.
0: Awesome. I love that definition. I love that description. You know, it is different for everybody and it is definitely not the same as it was for, um, you know, the definition of hustle, maybe five, 10 years ago, it's definitely changed. And I love that people are understanding now that it isn't all about the 24 seven grind it out. Mm. So, like I mentioned, I want to be respectful of your time, and so I just want to ask you one final question before we jump into where people can find you. Um, What is it, personal or business, that excites you about the future?
1: Well, at the time of recording this, we're approaching uh, another new year, which has been, uh, this year has been a whirlwind, so I I, I think I'm, I'm really excited to like you said, we're firing on all cylinders. We're, we're seeing great success. We're, we're changing the world. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to continuing to grow our coaching program and help more entrepreneurs uh, start building their dream businesses and creating their dream lives.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about is creating that impact. So where can people find out more information about you and uh, how you're creating that impact?
1: The best place is on Instagram at Jake Kelfer. And uh, for anyone that's listening, just hit that hit that link in the bio and you can get a free copy of my book, Elevate Your Network, which we've talked a little bit about today. Um, just pay a small shipping and handling fee and we'll get, that, we'll get that to your doorstep. And then you can also find me on my website, jakekelfer.com.
0: Perfect. I'll make sure to include links in the show description for that so people can access you a little bit quicker. But I, w- I want to say thank you, Jake, for taking time out of your day. I really appreciate this. This has been awesome. I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten a ton of value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.